2: Hello and welcome to another episode of No Holds Bard. Today I'm talking to Ben, who's a croupier at a, uh, a casino in England somewhere. <laughs> How are you doing, Ben? Yes, I'm very well, thanks, mate. Very well. Uh, so we've—you you might hear that Ben's voice is slightly distorted. It is so that we can protect his identity because he's—he's um, obviously it's uh, what what why would why would we want to why would we want to protect your identity in in this conversation ben what what what's so sensitive about casinos and and and, and working within them
1: okay um well we're, i'm not sure whether we're going to get into anything that could cause problems anyway but there's a big uh discretion a big part of the job obviously people don't want to have their um they uh, Laundry Yeah, they do Yeah, exactly. They don't, they don't want to have this disgust. And it's, you know, it's, it's part of the, the, the unspoken contract we have when people come into the building that we don't talk about what happens there. I mean, if you look in... I haven't checked for a long time, but if you look when I was a kid, I used to look in um, the Guinness Book of Records and you look at the biggest losses, gambling losses in a, in a single go and, and things like that, they're way off, mate. They're what, way off. What do you <laughs> mean? They're, they're, they're bigger in reality? way bigger way bigger people can lose god i mean I've, I've seen i've seen 11 million in one go i've seen a couple of tens oh i've god. heard of upwards of 15s and 20s in and, in a, se- in uh, a session what, what games are they playing well at the moment it's uh, a lot of the custom at the moment is coming from the far east and they love absolutely love a game called back which is the game almost is very much like the game that James Bond used to play before the recent films, where he started playing poker. He played a version called Schandefur, which is a little bit like that. It's just a like most games, a game of chance. You choose, you've got two or three options uh, of where to bet, and um, uh, it's that simple. You draw cards. You've got there's no way to kind of game the system. It's completely random. Uh, so. That's the game that they play at the moment i've seen um, the, the one where I saw 11 million was was a blackjack that was funnily enough twenty years ago someone lost 11 million quid in, in money of, of that day and how, that was, uh, how, sorry, how, how, well how do they react
2: how do they react when when i mean <laughs> these are obviously very very wealthy people that you're, you're standing in front of how, how do how, what, what sort of reaction do you get Is it like are they do they panicked are they are they
1: stoic or what well, the ones I'm, I'm working now and um, I've been for a few years in a real top, high-class casino. So we're dealing with the 1% of the 1%, right? Um, we've done, in most of the cases, we our maximums uh, that they can bet, we obviously have a maximum limit, they can bet each bet for whichever game they play. In most cases, our maximums aren't big enough to hurt them, really hurt them. They're going to be pissed off. And, you know, I mean, uh, I started off my career in a smaller casino in, in one of a satellite town around London and there we'd have people like, I don't know cab drivers, people that worked in supermarkets and they would lose three or 400 quid and, and you'd see tears. You'd see, you'd see, you'd see all sorts of uh, incredible reactions because the money's not important. It's the money to that person, if that makes sense. Um, so yeah, going back to the point when the real big boys win, uh, you, you, get, you get some super classy people that can do that kind of money, you know, up in the millions and just say thanks very much and walk out and leave and you can get some people that start <clears throat> throwing stuff and spitting and punching and it's not common but you get all sorts of nastiness and it's, I think most people in their life will have dealt with or, or, de- or, or deal with people that are addicted in some way to something, be it a substance or an activity and it's, mm-hmm. gambling is just as destructive as someone on heroin for instance. I've seen it rip people apart um, and, and one of the reasons obviously you get paid more if you work in a, a higher class casino which is obviously a bonus but the, the real big thing is you, you don't see that utter destruction which exists, which exists in the smaller club so,
2: Can, uh, so and, and your role in this is uh, as a croupier like how you what's in terms of your training like and is this a blanket rule across all creepers how does your demeanor have to be is it completely silent and you're simply an object you're, you're you're doing a service that you your personality can't come through like how how do you react when you see this stuff?
1: yeah well generally you've got to be incredibly polite you know, this is a service industry it's no different to working in a really nice restaurant or a hotel you know you've got to be pleasant and upbeat some players you kind of play it by ear some players want to come in and it's a bit of a social club for them so they want to sit there and chat and they might be going and punting for 10 20 30 years over the course of your working life you end up spending four or five days a week with some people for that amount of time so you get to know them and you might have a chat if they're if they're into it about you know their kids or Whatever the issues are for them, and likewise, they might say to you, Oh, you know, how's whatever you've spoken to them about, your, your wife, your kids, your mum, your dad, whatever. Um, so it, it all depends. You start off being friendly and open, but not particularly probing, should we say. And then over the course of getting to know someone, some players like to chat, and you know, the, these might be people that you might see in the news or you might see on movies or sports stars or, or, or whatever. And in quite a few cases, a lot of royalty will come in and play from the Middle East and the Far East. And that's a bit of a strange one because, you know, in your day-to-day life, you're not going to meet people like that. And it's a bit of an eye-opener. You you eventually realise that they're just like anyone else, you know. They've got the same issues that we have apart from them being incredibly rich.
2: Do you, um, have, have you ever been a target when you said some people have been spitting and fighting and they want to <laughs> yeah. throw their, so have you, how often, like in your older jobs perhaps in the, rather than the newer one, or the most recent one, what what sort of stuff have you had to face?
1: It's far more likely for that to happen, even though it's not particularly likely overall, but it's far more likely for that to happen in the high class casinos. Oh really? Just Yeah, just because if someone has... And I'm thinking of someone in specifically here. I'm not going to mention his name, but he's, uh, uh, he's a politician in the far reaches of uh, Eastern Europe, should we say, or heading over that way. And he would he would have millions to play on a regular basis. I don't know how much it'd be worth to the company over a period of twelve months, but you know, in the millions. So if he wants to start chucking stuff and. I've, I've been in a room where he threw a crystal ashtray into a spinning wheel that just turned into shards and spanned across the room. Seemed that cut people. I've been I've been slapped. I've been spat at. Um, this is not that common. I don't need to think that it happens on a weekly basis. I've been spat at twice in my in my time. Uh, yeah,
2: you're making that clear. That's fair to be honest. If you're yeah. working every day, that's. I mean, in every walk, I mean, the tube drivers or people at work on the tube or, or nurses and doctors probably get more.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely they would. They would. Uh, but yeah, it, I mean it happens, and you're you're expected to, you're expected to kind of you know brush it off a little bit if, if it gets to. I mean it's much worse for girls. Girls will be ninety um, percent of our players, I'd say, are blokes. So they want uh, most of our dealers are You know, really good looking young ladies. So they would be um, subject if they're taking money to either crack comments or. You know, particularly nasty stuff. If, if it does get a bit meaty, say. So. but um, yeah, it happens, and, and you just got to get on with it. And some people can't handle it. You know, which is quite normal. If yeah. someone slaps you or spits at you, you're going to be, you're going to be the kind of person to, I don't know. If it happens in a pub, for instance, you start getting angry, but you can't do that there. So it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's it happens. You know, does,
2: do you, does the the training involve that kind of conversation to say, look, this is there, there is a chance that this this might happen, and, and this is what you have to do if it does, if you want to carry on working here.
1: That would be yeah, when you first start training to be a croupier. It's all about uh, obviously you've got to learn all the games. You've got to be super quick with the numbers, and so some of the numbers you've got to learn are. Uh, all second nature now are utterly ridiculous when you first start training. You've got to learn all your times tables, your 35 times tables, your 17 times tables, 11s, 8s, and 5s, and all that, and you've got to know them back to front. So at first, you're more concerned with that and all the rules of the game. Don't forget, if the dealer makes a mistake and there's hundreds of thousands on the table, it causes a big problem. So once you've got that all under your belt and you're, you know, uh, you're, you're proficient in that respect. You, you're going to get yourself to a situation where, uh, over the course of um, the first few months or years, you're, you're going to kind of see other dealers or other people that work there who are going to be showing you how it's done. Should we say? And someone starts getting angry and you know you're doing this on purpose and they, they think that we can control the, the ball as it lands in the wheel for roulette or anything like that and you just yeah you just I'm, I'm sorry sir you know it's not something we can do it's completely randomized and yeah you just learn like like most jobs there's there's unspoken rules and things and that's kind of one thing you have to take on board
2: what um you talked about you know knowing your maths and stuff was you particularly proficient at maths at school and stuff is it always something you're good at
1: Uh, Do you know what it's? I mean, I just mentioned there the times tables and stuff you've got to learn, and the percentages you've got to work out instantly. I've known and and know some excellent staff who are rubbish at maths. It's all tricks. So you know, if you do anything long enough, if you you slap yourself over the head with something for long enough, eventually it it kind of gets in there and stays there. So I mean, I wasn't particularly good at maths. I wasn't particularly bad. It's 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 not as important as you'd think, because you know. uh, you just know it's it just, don't you after a while yeah you just do it again and again and again and again after a couple of years you, it's second nature
2: on that though what what is the kind of biggest mistake you've made where you think oh geez i've fucked up here
1: oh jesus uh, <laughs> i couldn't i mean as, as the exact numbers i mean it happens i've done this for a while now so it doesn't really happen too regularly but um i've seen for instance I think the biggest single bet you can play in the casino in the really big ones is quarter of a million pounds on the turn of a card, right? That's for baccarat, which is the game that's popular with uh, a lot of players from the Far East. And if you make a mistake in, in in what you're supposed to do, I've seen players just say, well, I want the money back. And that player may end up doing four or five million and you think to yourself, well, what does that matter? But that's 250 grand every... 90 seconds 60 seconds something along those lines so if you fuck up it's still a quarter of a million pounds that they've had to hand back that they've legally won because you know they want to keep these people playing so if you make a mistake you open yourself up to this you've got to be as tight as possible
2: what's the um what's the learning process like then like like how does one become a croupier and and what's the learning process like how long does it take and what is the how how many people carry on and make a career out of it like
1: okay well most big the big casinos and there's i think there's 26 casinos in london some are much bigger in size than others but most big casinos will have um schools where they advertise and they'll ask people to come in they'll obviously or usually be way oversubscribed so i don't know let's say three or four hundred people apply for the job you're probably only going to take on about 20 or 30 um, you've obviously got to look smart you've got to look presentable you've got to speak correctly and be able to uh, you know you've got to be able to keep people happy should we say you know you've got you have got to be able to make <clears throat> let's not forget that they're there to have a good time so there's quite a few things that they would pick and choose you on you have you have to have very dexterous hands you've got to chip handling and, and handling the cards and as i said before if you make a mistake there's big money on the table so all these things i reckon about 10 percent or maybe a few less that try it out will go on with it and then of course you've got to be uh happy with working night shifts you've got to be happy with working weekends because they're obviously the busiest times so that will whittle down the numbers again so maybe even less than that after a period of time you know but not many people it's not from it's not a job for a lot of people, shall I say. It's, uh, but um, for young people in their twenties, it's a cracking job. It's it's uh, quite exciting when you when you first get involved in it. It's uh, you're working with other people that are of the age for a guy, especially when I was that age I'm not that age now but when I was that age you're surrounded by really good looking girls so that was that was great um so it, it, it's it's the horses for courses thing you know a lot of people just fall into it they just take the job and they think well let's just see six months and 25 years later they're still there
2: and that is that is that kind of have you been in this sort of decades now uh
1: i I've, yeah I was in it for about 10 years from my early early 20s and I left for a few years and I, I came back about over six years ago. So a long um, time. Yeah, yeah, I've been doing the job long enough. I've worked at quite a few different places.
2: And it's always always night work, right?
1: No, not always. It's now it didn't used to be. It's now a twenty four hour business. So the shift will usually be made up of three, eight hour shifts. You've got your day shift, your night shift, and then the shift that runs what they call the graveyard shift, it starts at six in the morning, and runs till two in the afternoon. And apart from Christmas Day, we're open twenty four hours.
2: Um so, obviously, it's it's quite a, a, it's a job that requires mental aptitude constantly. Um, yeah. So, are there shifts that make that more difficult where you think, oh, my head is not in it today and I've got another eight hours to go?
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's, um, that's uh, quite observant. Uh, it, it, you generally will start the week on a night shift. So, you start at about 10 o'clock at night and you work through till 6 in the morning. And then, as you work through your five shifts, they will start you a little earlier each day. Um, until you finish on a day shift, just so that your weekend's a bit longer. Um, You you get off essentially three days off a week, even though it's only two days, because you'd start late and you'd finish early at the beginning of the week to the end of the week. Uh, So, yeah, the the hardest shifts generally are, I mean, traveling into work, leaving home at about eight o'clock at night on a Friday or Saturday night and seeing everyone getting ready to go out and have a bit of fun. that, That hurts. But, you know, it's every job's got its ups and downs and yeah I'd, I'd say the night shifts are pretty tough and it's probably them you're doing about three or four shifts a week at night
2: and do you um is it is there good money for for, for people that are good at their job
1: uh that's i think that's kind of a, one of the reasons i said it's good for young people when you're not i don't know if you're in your early 20s if you've not got on mortgage you're probably not married you haven't got kids and most of his income is disposable it is a good job um It's not that over the last maybe 10 years or so, I think business has changed quite a lot. And maybe if you're working at the very top clubs, you're not earning mega money. Although there are one or two casinos in London where the staff might clear, I don't know, 70, 80 grand each. That's the very top. That's the very top, you know, and you'd be dealing with super, super rich people and the pressure would be, relatively intense so you get paid a little bit more for that and and obviously we earn tips you know and if someone wins x million or x hundred thousand tips can be quite chunky at times
2: yeah i was going to talk about the tip culture because it's probably more prevalent there than any others um in terms of the amount that it could supplement your income um massive it can be massive and you're only getting that if your customers are winning and the casino's losing
1: uh, not always not always so you can you, you might get someone that sits and plays for uh, 12 hours let's say right uh, and they would tip you generally i mean the star prefer it if you tip every hand or every a, a little tip continually as opposed to one big tip at the end so someone might win or someone a player might lose a lot of money and over the course of the shift will have tipped I don't know, ten, twenty, thirty grand or something along those lines because they're tipping you a hundred here, two hundred here. And um And how
2: is that how is that divided up? Do you get to keep it yourself? Yeah.
1: No, God I'll tell you what, there, just, there would have been instances where you could just leave a shift and retire in in not often but in, in that circumstance. So no, usually what would happen is tips are shared equally across the board. So whatever's down the tip box is shared amongst all the staff that work on the tables
2: so just table stuff
1: um or or the table for instance we've got cash desk cash desk staff who are part of the gaming you know there's a lot of staff that don't actually deal with the gaming side of the business you've got admin and all that kind of thing and maybe reception and restaurant and bar and all that they wouldn't share our tips they'd share their own tips right right but uh, tips play a, a huge part in our wages. yeah it's uh so it's a nice
2: thing when you get a big fat truck a cash truck at you <laughs> yeah I bet of course well, um, have you, have you uh, and obviously you, you, you're you now working with people which can afford to lose their money and they've amassed yeah. such wealth that, that they can choose to spend it in such a un, uh, what's the word I'm looking for there's, there's no guarantee that they're walking away with money in fact there's less guarantee that they're going to walk away with money than there is you know there's bigger yeah. chance of them losing than winning I say, I say. but uh-huh but um Absolutely. but 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 they can afford to lose it right whereas yeah, in, yeah. in smaller casinos as you, as you mentioned where you, you've seen people in tears who are either addicted or they're they're trying to gamble to achieve something um yeah. what how, how did you did it ever affect you emotionally did you ever think yeah. what am i doing
1: that one did um the one i always think of and i think that was a scene A dad, I'm assuming, and he's talking about his wife and kids, they weren't there. It was the first night of their holiday, and they were over from another country, and the dad blew. wasn't that much. It was 1,500 quid, you know, compared to what I've been talking about. But that was their holiday money done. He was there in tears, saying to the manager, I need that money back, I need that money back, and and what am I going to do? And and you think to yourself, you know, you're an idiot. Obviously, he's an idiot for coming into the casino thinking he can do it. But these are people with problems. You're dealing with... uh, it's an addiction like any other. So in, over the last few years, the casino industry has really changed and social responsibility is a big part of it. And you, they won't allow people to spend over a certain amount if they're listed as having a job, which shouldn't be able to afford that. Gotcha.
2: Like how, so how does that go about? Do you, when they sign up, do they have to put, prove what they do? Or what's yeah, the sign-up well, process you,
1: like? You would have, um, I think there's a, as there's a government limit now I think it's EU, although I'm not sure how that will change now that we're leaving. But um, you were allowed to spend 1500 or 1400 pounds without giving any personal information, right? You can't buy in for or cash out more than that amount of money. If you want to start playing properly and, and getting big, you've got to, they need your name, they need proof of, um, they need to know what you do for a living, they need to know yeah, exactly how you get your funds, so that if someone comes in and they're listed as a, a cleaner. They can't be spending 30 grand a year in a casino.
2: And is that, do you think, something the government, uh, the casinos welcomed? Because they didn't, or is it something they had, they were bent over and had to do?
1: Yeah, this is, it's, it's as I said, it's all relatively recent. The government has told them they have to do this. Um, and I think it's it doesn't really affect my casinos too much because... You know, people don't have jobs. They what is your job? I'm a prince of X. Okay, fine. You don't need to prove income if you're the prince of some country, but it's quite easy to find out whether they are the prince of a country or their father is um, the prime minister of wherever they're from. Yeah, absolutely. You can just Google as long as there's some record of, uh, it mean, it's not hard, you know, you might not have heard of a, a minor country in the Middle East, uh, um, the, the royal family, but you can start Googling and you can see pictures of their face dressed in official uh, clothes, you know, official royal attire, should we say in front of the cameras and you think, all right, fine, this guy, this guy's obviously good for it and we're not going to be destroying his life if he does that. Um, but in the smaller clubs, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, I think it's a very, very big part of it now because, this is this is government-led i'm sure deep down the casinos don't particularly like it because it makes their job harder um but there's all sorts of um licensing required to be an operator in that business and if you lose your license you can't operate so you've got to play long
2: what um do would you say the vast majority of casinos are profitable
1: uh, or
2: all of them if they get if they get their license or is that hard to say
1: no, it's not It's not that hard. If you play by the rules, Don't the games are stacked in, in favour of the casino, right? And it's usually only stacked in favour of the casino by, in some cases, a percentage or a, 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 part, a portion of a percent, or in other cases 5 or 6 or 7 percent. So, as long as you're spinning the wheels or dealing the cards and you've got enough players in, you're going to be profitable. Um, the issue arises when you've got, let's say, one or two massive players. If you've got Ten massive players, you're going to be fine. Two of them are going to win, or one of them is going to win, and the other eight or nine no are going to lose. If you've got only a couple, and both of them hit you, you could be in a, you know, you could be in a, a quite a lot of trouble. And, and um, over the years in this business, London is considered one of the best places, or has some of the best casinos in the world. You'd think if you didn't know what you were talking about, that maybe Vegas was, but Vegas isn't. It's um. Some of the most profitable ones are now in the Far East and they're just, they've got billionaires queuing up the tables and you just literally can't go out of business because you're never going to get all of them winning. It's just the way that the games are stacked. You're always going to get a few of them winning and you hope that when they do win, they shout and get all excited and everyone looks over and sees that excitement and that's thats the drug, right? That that draws you in. Yeah, exactly. So I, I would have thought, I can't remember what... Uh, the last time I went out of business because financial problems I can't I'm sure it's happened and I know it's happened in other countries off the top of my head
2: you know like um, you know like, uh, like a, uh, a betting company has to yeah. uh, they have to have a reserve that means that they can cover or insurance that means that they can cover all bets mm. um, is that the same for casinos <sighs> do you ever get into a situation where there's two big rollers and they've both hit big and there's not enough money in the house is that Oh, and I how how do they get their money physically?
1: Well, I think the the if the, the more money you've got, in I, I'm I'm kind of guessing a little on this one because I'm I'm not in I'm not management, so I don't know. But I, as I understand it, the bigger the, you have to um, the amount of money that you have in reserve reflects the height of the maximums you can offer the players. So if you've got a lot of money in the bank or whatever that limit is, then the the gaming the gambling commission would say or or whoever would judge it would say yeah that's fine you can offer this you can offer that um let's say someone wins three or four million they don't they don't withdraw in cash you know you're never going to say oh, give me three million in cash they might take a 100 grand or 50 grand or, or whatever that and you, they, they would have that stored away somewhere in, in some safe or something so it, it, mostly bank transfers as i understand it like i said i'm not i'm not in that side of the business but uh, yeah, there's. I don't remember a case of someone saying yeah give me my 2.7 million in cash please in tennis <laughs> <laughs> well, well, the,
2: the casino the casino doesn't want that cash in there do they and, and um, people shouldn't really want to carry that cash about unless you're an absolute
1: imbecile absolutely I mean you're, you're talking of that there were um, I used to work in a, a club where people it was a very good casino and, and people were walking from one casino to another which is only about four or 500 yards and they'd get their money snatched so it does happen even in really nice parts of London well you can imagine the
2: kids or anybody just an opportunist that sits there and comes up with the idea and they just you hear about rich people getting their watches snatched all the time and you imagine what a high roller would be wearing like you'd probably have the you know a Breitling watch and a you know Armani suit or whatever it might be mm. a- and there's just a beacon on their head and I think a lot of maybe a lot of people in, in that position think that they're they're, they're immune to the, the trappings of Urban London, maybe.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You get that. Not only that, you get people that come into the club and try and pull strokes and pull tricks and try and cheat you out of your money. And...
2: Well, I was going to ask about that actually. First, if, before before going on to people trying tricks and art and and things like counting cards and all that stuff. Um, what in terms of the games? Yeah. They like they are so so black. What's it called? Um, blackjack. No, not blackjack. Uh, roulette. The yeah. the only. The only um, percentage that goes in the favor, favor of the house there would be the zero, right? That's the anomaly.
1: Well, there are 37 numbers on a roulette table, right, on a roulette wheel. And if you hit one straight up, we pay you 35 to 1, right? So there's, you do the math, 2 over 37, which the casino's taking over a period of time, Um it's a very quick game. Yeah. Roulette specifically, you're going to be spinning the ball probably about every thirty seconds, yeah. and every thirty seconds you're going to be taking—I don't know what the percentage is—work it out. Know, let's say two percent, three percent. That adds up because you're playing for twenty-four hours, and that wheel's spinning for twenty-four hours, and you know it's a lot of money. That really does add up. Yeah. you have got more than one table. You know, some big clubs have got ten, twenty, thirty roulette tables, and they're constantly spinning, constantly spinning. They're taking that little cut every single time. And if you hit an empty number, the whole lot goes down the the chute and it's all yours. And You start again, you know? Mm.
2: Um, and then obviously in terms what's the most profitable game would be, would be roulette or?
1: I don't, I don't know. I think uh, as a percentage, I wouldn't be able to tell you, it's probably the most uh, popular game and you can have quite a lot of people playing at once. Uh, constantly it's it's and it's it's very it's very vegas isn't kind of it's very showy it's kind of you hear the ball land it's it's exciting you see the you know you can see their hearts pumping when the ball's going around and you're you're obviously keeping uh, a a neutral face but i can understand how they can you know the the amounts of money that are involved in um, titanic at times so yeah
2: are you good at blackjack
1: what do you mean, playing it?
2: Yeah, if you was on the other side, Jack, you and you'd do better than most of the punters.
1: There is a Blackjack is one of the few games where you can actually have a kind of strategy to it and you can actually lower the odds in your favour. You can um, you can
2: lower the odds in your favour?
1: You or you just lower the, game, the odds. You you can actually, I believe, if you play the game correctly and there's a, what's I'm trying to think of the word now, there is there is a, a um there is, yeah, there is like a, a system that uh, tells you when to draw and when not to draw a card depending on what the dealer has. And if you play consistently at that rate, the, I believe you get the odds very, very small in your favour, like a percent or a half percent. So.
2: And your, uh, but that requires a, a massive knowledge because you're essentially re- re- reacting to every card that's dropped and and what the what the dealer has.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Um, you just see that would, would depending on what you have and depending on what the dealer has, is depending on whether or not you should take a card. You get players coming in sometimes with charts that you know you can run your hand down the left and see what card the dealer has and run Are <laughs> they allowed hand. to do that? Yeah, they're allowed to do that. Absolutely, it's perfectly fine. What they're not allowed to do is count the cards. So, Right, what, can you explain that? Because some people might not know. I don't really know. Sure, card counting is when you are, if, if you've got 13 cards in a, in a suit... And four suits, you've got 52 cards. Um, almost a third, I believe, of every card that's coming out has a face value of 10, 10, Jack, Queen, and King. So, if you are tracking how many tens have come and how many tens are left to come, you can uh, work out when to place bigger or smaller bets. So, you you you, you uh, say to yourself, okay, I can I can now work out whether or not it's more profitable. It, for me to place a bigger bet now and then lump it on, but casinos will throw you out if you do that.
2: But 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 why? If you're is that, surely that's just an understanding of the game. You you yeah. understand it better, or you understand the game in, in a way that it favours you. Why is yeah. it's just outlawed totally because agree. it works so well? Or?
1: And it's you're not manipulating the game at all. You it's just a way just your brain. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's very easy to spot. You know, you watch someone come down and they'll play, hundred pound, hundred pound, hundred pound, hundred pound, five thousand pound. They get they get thrown out if they do that.
2: So, like an, a, bet, a betting anomaly would would result in you having to go
1: one like that. You, yeah, you know, you'd probably get you probably get spoken to, and you'd be like, so you know, they'd, they'd have a little chat. But I mean, I've seen players who have tracked cards through different shuffles. God knows how they do it. So you'd you finish. You've got six decks of cards. So you'd, you'd finish the shoe. You've got all these decks. You shuffle them. They would watch. They'd they'd mark somewhere in that pile where there was a group of whatever, maybe aces or whatever, and, and then they would watch you shuffle and they'd say to themselves, I'm presuming, you know, about three-fifths through that shoe, you've got a big chunk of aces. And then they would, that, that same betting pattern, £100, £100, £100, five grand, you'd be like, yeah, you're out, mate. They'd probably pay them out. I, I've, I'm, I'm not sure whether they've got the right to actually take their winnings. Um, I've seen that before. When they're taking winnings, but it's a very rare thing. Usually, it will just be like, yeah, yeah, you're not welcome here anymore. So that. yeah.
2: that's amazing, Ben. Um, I, I think I'm going to stop there because I, I do have more stuff, but I, I feel like there's there's tons more we could talk about if you're willing to. And not specifics again. What what we'll do is we'll release this behind the uh, Patreon paywall, right? Yep. and then i'll get people to um send in their questions that they have for you and if you're happy to answer them we can do it again if you're if you're about if you're free absolutely yeah, um, i
1: mean i'm not really doing much at the moment no
2: <laughs> none, none of us are but well, um and the other thing is um i want to i want to i want to talk about two films potentially with you obviously casino if you've if you've seen it but that's one of my favorite films that's of course it is. and croupier as well with um uh yeah. Clive Owen i talk about that. I've got a little bit of kind of know people who know people with regards to that. So that's an amazing story. And anyway, you know, what we've been doing on, you know, during this period of isolation, is watching stuff that we think is good and, and and talking about it. So yeah, let's leave, let's leave it here, Ben, and um, and then um, I'll pick it up maybe towards the end of the week or next week if you're free. Uh, yep. But 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 for now, thank you so much for for taking time and offering because you came to me and said, oh, this you know." The, I listened to the one we did with Austin in in uh, in the city, and this might be of interest. And I was like immediately peaked. So yeah, amazing yeah, stuff. Thanks so much, mate. Enjoy the rest of your day.
1: You too. Have a good
2: one. Yeah. All the best. Cheers, pal.